I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. And we're so excited to meet both of you. Would you introduce yourselves and tell us about your business? Sure. I'm Julia Germain. I'm the operating partner of Kind Run. We're one of the very first cannabis home delivery companies. We have a warehouse in Hudson, and we serve all of eastern Massachusetts. Awesome. And central Massachusetts. I am Jessica Heasley. I am the inventory director at Kind Run. Um, I am in charge of the inventory and the menu and... The beautiful website. The website. <laughs> and I've been in the cannabis industry for about four years, but um, I finally feel like I have a home at Kind Run. Good. That's nice. We <laughs> often talk to women who are making waves in male-dominated businesses, and I have to imagine cannabis is one of those. Very much so. Uh, so I've been working in the industry since about since it started in Massachusetts, so 2012, 2013, and there was a period there when there simply weren't a lot of risk-tolerant operators. So. It was kind of more of an open opportunity, and there were a lot of women operators. I think there's fewer now. Like, the numbers actually show it's kind of declining women in CEO positions as traditional finance comes in, and that kind of demographic is more represented in leadership positions. Um, so, yeah, I, it's similarly <laughs> to a lot of other industries, very male-dominated in most of the leadership positions. So. I'm really proud to be like an ops guy. You know, I work with a lot of different contractors and do. You've got guys. Yeah, I'm often the only woman in the room. I'll make um, a call. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think Jessie comes from a. She comes from traditional retail and has been in leadership positions for a long time, like in those positions. Julia, what's your background and what led you to getting into the cannabis industry? Um, I. Uh, undergraduate degrees in biology and then I got a master of fine arts degree in poetry but I've always been an entrepreneur and so when medical marijuana was legalized in 2012 my dad asked me and my then boyfriend now husband if we would move home and leave kind of our academic career tracks and start a medical marijuana company with him so we did oh wow and how about you what drew you to the industry um, I was an employee at a pop culture company for a long time. Cool. Newberry Comics. Oh, yes, of course. Um, I so cool. Yeah, I love it. My, um, I started there when I was 18 and worked until I was 32 there. Um, quite a long time. And I met um, one of my current best friends um, through there. And he later moved on to a medical dispensary. Um, and brought me in as an assistant manager. Um, I was really lucky to have that opportunity, and that company had a lot of women in leadership there. Um, I always felt empowered being a woman there. Um, they were very open to opportunities. Um, I went to another company that was a little less women-friendly, but I'm happy to, to find you know another place that is very pro-women and diversity forward at Kind Run. And I think the cannabis industry, at least, even if it is not super, it is not maybe more diverse in terms of women representation as other industries, it's uh, still a more open conversation. So it's uh, 
a, a lot of cannabis people are activists in their background, or we just have, we see the larger mission, the social justice implications of us being in an industry and building an industry, so we want to do better. Um, so even if it's not perfect, it's at least a more open conversation. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of cannabis companies, um, no matter where they started or even if they started as sort of like activists coming from that or if they are adding that in now or bringing that in a lot, especially when it comes to like folks who have been affected by incarceration or like other, you know, justice system. What's the word I should use? Gaps. Sure. <laughs> when it comes to this, right? Um, I think that it is open to all kinds of stuff. I think you're totally right. Yeah, and we, uh, we're kind of lucky to have a platform where we can, as a, one of the only delivery operators in the state, we get to pick and choose our menu from products that are grown around the state. So, Je I mean, this is Jesse's domain, really, to orchestrate all these different growers and, you know, manufacturers, but we can, uh, we're carrying one of the few women-owned cultivation flower brands, also in Hudson, called Nimbus. So it's a woman-owned business right next door to our warehouse. Um, and so we can represent and put them front and center on our menu, which is, a good, I think, a good use of our platform. We're always, we're always running with the, like, what is it, the boats? Rising right. tide oh, lifts all boats. Yes. Yeah, I love that one. Um, so I have just lots of logistical questions. <laughs> Like happens. <laughs> so if I placed an order on Kind Run right now, would it be like ordering from Amazon? Would it be a couple days, or like ordering a burrito where it would be here in thirty minutes? <laughs> it would be. Um, you could definitely schedule your order ahead of time, up to thirty days. So if you wanted to plan for like an event that you're having and at a residence, you could definitely order ahead of time. Um, right now, you could also order, um, you know, just an hour, an hour and a half ahead of time, so 90 minutes, and just choose your hour time slot, and we'll be there. And you guys are VIP, so if you need a special time <laughs> or a new window or whatever, we can we'll, we'll, make, we'll make it happen yeah. for you. I'm, I'm curious just, like, legally how it works, right? So for our listeners, Kind Run is a delivery-based cannabis business. Um, and I think, you know, if anyone has ever been to a dispensary, you have you show your ID, they scan it, they look <laughs> in, they look at it again. Not that I've ever been to a dispensary. Right, that's well in hypotheticals <laughs> as public right, school yeah. teachers. Yeah. But um, how so like how do you how do you manage that? I'm sure yeah. there had to have been some kind of like hoops to jump through or, you know, in that sense. So like how do you deal with we jump IDs, through so many hoops, yes. but our clients don't have to jump through that many hoops. What the state requires is called pre-verification, and if anyone's ever ordered Drizzly or another kind of alcohol delivery, you have to provide your ID in advance so they know that you're 21 and they know who to expect, and you can only order alcohol for yourself. So the same person who uploads that ID needs to be there with that physical ID when we get there, so that's called pre-verification. It means we know who you are. Uh, we don't do anything nefarious with that information, but it helps, you know, you can have a record of what you ordered last time. You can link your bank account so you can pay online. Um, so you simply register for Kind Run. You register for payments through our payment processor called KindTap. Uh, so then when we show up, so you place your order, you shop away, place it just similar to Amazon in terms of the shopping experience, but it's all our products that we have in our warehouse. 
Um, we check your ID when the order comes in, look at your address to make sure it's a residence and not a school, <laughs> for example. Uh, we also can't deliver to like colleges and university housing and a few other different types of addresses. So then we say it's all good. Jesse's team picks and packs the order, uh, packs it up in a nice little box um, or bag, and our team delivers it and our clients get a bunch of text messages similar to any other kind of delivery. We're on our way, we're five minutes out, we're here. And then you show your ID, sign your name, and get your cannabis. Do you send a picture, scan it, just give like number, the like license number? Uh, you work? actually have to take a picture with usually your phone yep. and upload it. So that stays on file and we, after the first time, we know who you are. Yeah. We keep it on file so that we can more quickly confirm your next order. It reminds me of Airbnb, where yeah. the stakes are high, you know, so. Right, it's a privilege to order cannabis, kind yeah. of like it's a privilege to have alcohol, and so you do have to jump through some hoops because there's a 21-plus requirement. Um, but we've had people in their early 20s and in their 70s order <laughs> delivery successfully and have that experience, and, uh, you know, it's our business is all e-commerce, so there's a couple of things that make us special and maybe not for every cannabis consumer but uh it works great it's very convenient and uh, easy who is your do you have a target audience in any specific demographic or is it really just like you know people who would find it useful for any number of reasons maybe disabled folks or folks who have a tough time leaving their home for whatever reason it's kind of as far as teachers like there is a stigma you know where I I would not want to be seen by a parent in the dispensary necessarily Um, it doesn't kind of have the same cachet yet as going to the package store or something where people or like being out at a restaurant yeah still a glass of wine right yeah so who is it that your customer I'd say um, it's kind of across the board it's um, people who just want the convenience Um, it's parents that you know, might work from home and maybe their kids are at school, so they have it delivered while they're, um, you know, working from home. It's definitely people who may be too intimidated to go into a dispensary. I mean, even as, like, I was a medical patient and I didn't go into a rec dispensary until I worked at one. Um, because I'm, I'm not what some may call, like, a typical consumer. I'm, like, a pretty, I'm a bit of a lightweight. Um, Call it mom weed. Mom weed. (laughs) Um, So I felt intimidated that, like, maybe I didn't know enough, you know, at the beginning. And, you know, I understand people who also just, like you were saying, don't want to be seen in a dispensary. There's still that stigma. Um, So I think it's... It's pretty broad. Yeah, and we don't, we're not here to enforce that stigma, but people should have a choice about what they consume and how. So if someone wants it for the convenience or they don't want to be seen, that's, you know, that's an individual choice. So this is just another way for people to get access, you know, to a product that's legal now. It's pretty great. It has some really positive effects, you know, as a business, but also on people's, like, individual health and well-being, we're yeah. finding, so... And I think certainly people, in coming from the medical side of cannabis, there was lots of pe- people with mobility issues. Right. Um, people like, who had to get a ride to the dispensary because they couldn't drive or, um, you know, even had to take public transportation. Um, so this is an opportunity to bring that to their door without them having to jump through a bunch of hoops just to get to, you know, what 
is their medicine, sure. essentially. Because I feel like it's it's something that can be really useful, especially, or not especially, but, you know, for folks maybe who have, who experience, like, chronic illness or chronic pain, where maybe one day they're going to feel great and they're going to be good to go, and then the next day they're like, I, you know, not, can't necessarily make it out, mm. right? So they just, you might just never know. And anxiety, too. Yes, Especially, absolutely. like, in this post ish COVID world mm-hmm. um, not everybody is re- out, out ready to go to a busy dispensary sure mm-hmm. and one of the things I loved was the branding on your website and on your Instagram where it reminded me almost of Birchbox where it's like a subscriber we'll box get for beauty yeah. products and you every month get an assortment of things based on your interests mm-hmm. or your likes or your, the type of skin that you have you know and I was looking through and I was like, oh, this one's for a cookout and this one's for health and wellness. And will you tell us a bit about your adorable boxes <laughs> and then also like what the different themes are? Sure. Um, I have one right here. Yeah, Julia can show you. <laughs> this is a, a collaborative effort here. Um, you know, it's, it's a, without getting too in the weeds, it's pretty, <laughs> no pun intended, um, <laughs> It's pretty difficult to bring like a variety pack of things to market just based on the way the state operates. So we um, we figured it out. And Jesse figured it out. <laughs> so what? we you know we came together and said this is a product we want to carry, but because we're putting together individually tested products from different suppliers and different brands and different harvests, it's simply an inventory management challenge. So Jesse has a workaround for it, and we are moving towards this curated product selection model like Sarah just described, where you know we, have, we want to do surveys and understand people's preferences because we really don't know the cannabis consumer, right. especially for delivery. And like their use, like you know what they want to get out of their use, I right. guess, right? So we're, we have ideas. Uh, our first one was the backyard box, which is actually going to be supercharged pretty soon with um, a collaboration with Nan's Chicken. I don't know if you guys have heard oh of my goodness. in Stowe, and they've got a new locations coming up, so we're working on a collab with Nan's to That's insert awesome. a little something special into the backyard box. So if you don't want a BBQ, you can uh, get hooked up from Nan's. Uh, so it's, you know, things like that are seasonal. It, get, it introduces people to new products and new ways to use products, but also, like, helps us build relationships in the community, again, contributing to, like, normalization, like, what goes together better than weed and fried chicken you know <laughs> outside it's all very nice so that's a selection of products uh you talk about the other two sure so far um our other one what is the bone city box which is a nod to hudson so um hudson was known for a place to purchase weed years ago and they had a rock that was spray-painted spray Bone City, like bone as in smoking a bone. So we took that and um, created the Bone City box, which is a variety of five pre-rolls, um, hand-selected by yours truly. <laughs> and um, so we kind of selected some of the best pre-rolls that we have and compiled them. And then the... So it's sort of like an elite level box. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the next one, which I'm excited for, is the wellness box, which um, has, um, it's all like smokeless cannabis, so it's, um, it is a tincture, um, a topical, which I really love, topicals, 
and then a selection of effects-based um, capsules from this company, 1906. They have um, one for, you know, sleep assistance with melatonin, if, if you can take melatonin. Um, there's a chill. They add different the herbs type, like... Yeah, they yeah. add different uh, herbs and, like, non-cannabis... Plant. Um, supplements mm -hmm. to create, like, really specific effects. And it's like a pill that you just swallow, so you're not eating anything. People really like them, so we have a selection of all the different effects that they can offer. And then another um, gluten-free and vegan um, kind of taffy product, which also has melatonin, the midnight um, everyone a good Betty's Eddies. I was going to say, was it the Betty's Eddies? Yes. Not that I know. <laughs> You've probably seen them on our website. Exactly. I liked the, as a, a novice to all of this, um, I really like the education section of your website, though, oh, where you. I guess I would be nervous about dabbling in cannabis without understanding dosing and things like that. And it was like a really good explanation of how you can get started with some of your products. But I also saw the description differing between sativa and indica, and I was wondering if you could explain that a little bit more fully. It's actually kind of a controversial topic. Ah. <laughs> so, but it's one way, it's an easy distinction for consumers to talk about the effect they want to get out. So indica and sativa, all cannabis has a genus, a species, cannabis sativa, and then a subspecies. Um, and then in these indica, sativa, and ruderalis are the distinctions, and they're really about where the plant was born, like endemically, what part of the world it grew up in. So sativas are like land races from the Middle East. They grow in this way based on like the kind of like a terroir type thing. The soil, <laughs> all of that, the environment um, originally helped distinguish these different subspecies and cultivars and all of that. The shorthand is that indica makes you sleepy. People say indica. In cow. It's like the in down. Bed. That's yeah, what I've heard. Yeah. Like so it's the bed. downbeat one versus sativa, which I think of as like the sassy one. <laughs> um, and then there's hybrids, which are somewhere in between. So it's kind of a people think it might be kind of a lazy shorthand. It's not really that descriptive because everything is bred artificially, you know, artificial selection now. These distinctions are kind of lost, but it's still, you know, these are all a whole universe. People have thousands of products on a menu. How do consumers navigate all of that? So, I, you know, it still exists. I think the industry is going more towards effect-based descriptions. But when it comes to flour, which is the purest, really like the purest original form of this product, um, genetics and the lineages are really important to a lot of connoisseurs. So it's still it's still part of the mix. I don't it's know like wine. Yeah, you said terroir, and I was like, oh, I think we're going to get to the point in our lives probably where it will be like there will be a sommelier yeah. of marijuana, right? Absolutely. I, like, I, um, I am a medical patient for a long time, and I, really, I don't use any other products really besides flour. And there's one from Good Chemistry that I love and I buy all the time, even though it's not the most potent. But something about the other compounds in it, uh, the terpenes, which are the sort of smell and flavor compounds that are in all products. So it all just kind of works together and I get a really nice effect out of it. 
um, even though it's not the strongest. So, you know, people do buy based on these characteristics of the plant, but sometimes they're just marketing language or... Right, and I've seen now where people are saying, well, don't just buy based on what it says the THC percentage is because of any number of reasons, right? Because of just, like, the way that you were talking about, like, how they're bred or, you know, if it's artificial or if it's crossed with something or all that kind of stuff. Talk about the tech daddy. Talk about it, yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, in my retail experience, there would always be the majority of customers just looking for the highest potency, Um, even though they might come in and be like, I want something, um, for the daytime. And then they would, the follow-up would be, well, I want, what's the highest percentage you have? And I was like, well, that would not be for the daytime. (laughs) Um, and then they end up buying the highest percentage. So I call them tack daddies. They, uh, tack stands for for total active cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. And that's, so when you are a consumer, it's a percentage, it's a number, so 15 to 30%, 35%, and that literally means by weight, what percent of this product you're holding in your hand is active THC, or it's not active at this point, but is THC. Um, and so that's, uh, back in the day, you know, the weed our parents smoked was probably 10% THC, and now... People are pushing it up to 40s. Wow. Like 30s and 40s. Yes. It's like hop heads. It's like the people yeah, who come right. and want to drink beer. They're um, like, can I get. I was just thinking that our um, barley wine boys, we've, we've called them, yeah. where they come in and they're just like looking at the beer board and they're like, oh, 12%. Right. I'll take the barley wine. You oh, know? Or like, we'll have people, because so Sarah used to work at RCME. Yes. I currently work at RCME. Love um, RCME. Yeah, and we'll have people come in and literally, like I'm sure you guys used to do this, too, will look at me like, they're going to order four double Nelsons. <laughs> like, you can just, you can see it they just Like, the not that we're stereotyping our customers, but like, <laughs> right, or less like they want like the biggest IPA. Yeah. So they want the like, most like, tops, like, the like most oh, I you like, were, like the biggest. <laughs> or like no, yeah, no. Sometimes that too. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, but big like you know a big beer. But when we do think about fine wine, you know, it's not necessarily about the alcohol right. content. Right. You <laughs> never like give me that fifteen to sixteen percent. I mean, if it happens to be right, mm-hmm. but people are much more concerned with the tasting notes right. than sure. uh, ABV. I think it might be a value thing. Also, cannabis is expensive, mm-hmm. so the thinking. I mean, we're all Yankees around here, also, so <laughs> we're watching our dollars and. If you get a product that is twice as strong, quote unquote, for a similar, slightly different, that's I guess part of the more bang for your buck. Right. If you're yeah. seeing like a pre-roll compared to another one, and you're like, oh well, this one's stronger. The, right. But they pre-roll. cost the same. Right. Yeah. But if we are thinking about experience, somebody who is using cannabis for the very first time, what would you recommend? And I did notice on your website too. There was just like some general timing guidelines where I was thinking of pop culture representations of cannabis use because it's yes. like, how fast will um, smoking flour right. impact you? Within three minutes, how fast will an edible impact you? Within four hours. And I have seen so many depictions where people are like, this isn't working, and mm-hmm. they take another mm-hmm. one. So as a beginner's guide, what should people do if they wanted to have a chill cannabis experience for the very first time at home? Well, I'm wildly conservative. Um, You know, I've dealt with um, a lot of first-timers that would come into the medical dispensary, and I 
never want to give anyone a bad time, so I probably... I think you're the right person to answer this um, <laughs> I may um, under... not prescribe, but under-recommend. So, um, I also, like, if someone has never smoked a joint before, I'd probably not recommend that. You know, I'm very... The act of smoking. Yeah. I would um, recommend, like, a tincture or an edible, and even even with edibles, it's I try to guide them that um, you may not feel anything for a while, so don't take another one to compensate for that. Wait it out. Um, I always suggest trying later in the afternoon when you don't have anything to do. You know, you don't want to, like, have your day <laughs> stacked and then try it in the morning. Um, but sense. I would try to, like get like look for what experience they're looking for and then kind of guide them tailor it yeah and there's some big this the usual ones we hear about are sleep mm -hmm. general pain anxiety relaxation Again. anxiety um i think i think sleep is sleep probably is the biggest like number one reason that people are looking for cannabis products which is just you know, indicative of our society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just trying to sleep. Uh, but compared to other compared to other products for sleep aid, there are not that many um, negative side effects right. you know, from cannabis if you use it responsibly. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's that principle though of like you can always add. You can't take, take away, away, right? Like it's <laughs> a great. You know, point. like if you're right. You know, you're cooking, right? You can add things to a mixture. You've made something new, but like you can't, can't take out the things. salt. Yeah, you yeah. can't take out the like the when you accidentally open the wrong side of like the spice container and you pour it in instead. Did you see the story of the bride who had her caterer sneak cannabis yeah, into her so wedding? Don't so do that. Bad. She got sued. That's what she did, and her husband that is an unethical practice. It was, and she and the caterer both are yeah. might do jail time. Yeah. But oh that's my gosh. People. I think it's yeah, one yeah. thing if you say maybe to like your bridal party you're like oh maybe I'll get something special made for us is everyone but okay with choice? that I will tell option. you yeah. right I will tell you that it's you. there exactly I think like but your guests unknowingly you, could yeah, be on no. medication oh my gosh you know could be pregnant just don't want to do that yeah, exactly. also like it's bad citizenship right yes, yes. I yeah. absolutely yeah. are there other um cardinal rules of cannabis use as a cannabis home delivery company we advocate for safe home use and storage around pets and kids mm -hmm. so keep it locked up keep mm -hmm. it out of the way um you know it's not good for pets either and there, these are edible products. There's bad dogs out there I've encountered who would just eat anything. Sure are. Uh, I'm a very hungry dog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's, again, these are just like, we're all new cannabis citizens. We need to learn the rules. Uh, youth access, you never want to divert to canna cannabis to anyone under the age of 21. If you're over the age of 21, you can gift another adult up to an ounce. So, you know, when you buy products from Kindron, you can share them and introduce people. If you find something that works for you, um, cannabis is really cool because it's very, like, intergenerational. Mm -hmm. um, but I think when you're recommending, you know, all of us have products that we like and work well for us. But to Jesse's point, you know, when you're offering products to other people, just start low and go slow mm -hmm. type of attitude. What other Kindron rules? Don't um, smoke and drive. It's, open, it's basically an open mm -hmm. container law. Yep, definitely. And I think that's that's another great thing about Kind Run is that um, 
you know, you were, you were safe in your home. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to go anywhere. To go to get anywhere. It. Yeah. And yeah. I think even if you are outside, just you know, if and if you're smoking, like responsibly, just like don't you know blow it. It is up actually it's gonna go in a kid's yeah. window it's or like in public places right. in Massachusetts. So unlike New York, where anywhere it's legal oh, to smoke yeah. cigarettes, you can smoke cannabis. Really? Oh, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Uh, so everyone's trying to be cooler than Massachusetts on this, I guess. But, you know, I wouldn't, I, um, as a citizen, as a community member, wouldn't advocate for the right to smoke cannabis in public places. You know, same as, um, you know, smoke-free areas of parks. Like, you just mm-hmm. don't want to impose that on anyone else. So no smoking in public. Uh, it's a li- It can be a little bit of a challenge for visitors, mm-hmm. you know, looking. But, you know, just in general, be discreet and don't impose it on other people. We, we're actually able to deliver to people who are visiting. You don't have to be at your residence, uh, so we can deliver to anyone at a residence as long as they're allowed to be there. So there, there are ways to find safe places to consume. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And no, no federal land, of course, as it is still federally illegal. Oh, yes, right. So, like, on the national seashore, I couldn't smoke. Uh, gotcha. It's hard to light a joint on the seashore anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's too windy. <laughs> <laughs> um, my only other big question was, what does the future look like? <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting, like you were saying, because it is such a new, like, we're all new cannabis citizens, but even, like, we were just talking about how do we, like, are we going more in the direction of the hop heads, and the, the tap daddies, right? Or are we going <laughs> to end up with sommeliers, right? Like, yeah. it is so interesting. Or which one of those things will happen first? Yeah. Because there's such a hype culture around craft beer that we've seen where there are people that take it very, very seriously. And then there are other people who just want to get their hands on the things that are, that are the most mm-hmm. difficult and to obtain. And now it's like receding a little bit where we'll have people come in and be like, I don't want any IPAs. Mm-hmm. Enough with the IPAs. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so think? we're noticing, you know, one of the uh, hard things to find in the market is really high quality, what we would call top shelf flour. Mm-hmm. And some of the craft cultivators, the small independent businesses who are doing just a couple thousand square feet of what we call canopy instead of 10, 20, up to 100,000 square feet. Uh, it's easier to accomplish that super high quality at a small scale. It's hard to do it at a large scale. So I think that's a cool way that Massachusetts is allowing um, small independent businesses. They have these license types that are more affordable, can operate on a smaller scale and really hone that craft. So that, that's what I think is going to happen with some of the products. And you know, for us, this is just about introducing this concept and this service to people who've never heard of it. Um, I've been out to California, and I've seen their mature behind the scenes in their warehouses for delivery mm-hmm. in downtown LA, and people love it. And you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of orders a day in a very small radius. You can get Seth Rogen's weed delivered to your house. Yeah, we've already even <laughs> from his extremely ethical, <laughs> great marketing and yeah. branding um, company, uh, houseplant, pottery too. Yes, <laughs> we would have to. And, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that market is more mature and people love it. And we've already had in our short time open repeat clients. So it's a very sticky experience. So I'm just hoping that this becomes the norm and people love it. And we can, you know, build out the business and do all the cool things that we want to do um, and prove it out that e-commerce for cannabis is the future and we can do it safely and accurately. That's my, that's my vision. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think um, 
after the pandemic, people are so much more comfortable just getting more deliveries at home mm-hmm. and, you know, not, you know, leaving the house or having to go to the handling store. Handling cash, even. Yeah, handling mm-hmm. cash. Um, I also think, like, us being a cashless business is um, makes it safer and more secure for our employees and our clients. Um, but, yeah, I just think people will are getting more comfortable with this concept and I, I think it is the future. We don't even need to talk about delivering to parties. Oh, oh yeah, wait, walk so us we, that. This is, this is my, one of my visions for the future of cannabis is, you know, you're having an event like a, let's call it a bachelorette party, mm-hmm. Julia's bridal shower. <laughs> yes. And uh, Kindred can coordinate so that we deliver during that event and multiple people can order, can each order. So we can be really a concierge service. So I can say, like, I want to feel like I just went to yoga. And Molly could be like, I want to take a nap. And we'll show up at the same time and (laughs) hand you both a different experience in a box. with some nice branding. Wow, that is wild. And if you even told me 10 years ago, I don't know, I still thought of marijuana as such like a seedy, Mm -hmm. under-the-table sort of thing that was only um, present in my life really at concerts. Or in movies, like, yeah. (laughs) And now it's so accessible and so accepted, or soon to be, um, and some straight-laced older folks that I never would have thought would favor cannabis are just speaking more openly about it. My dad, you know, is speaking so it's much really more cool. openly it's about like it. It's really cool. It is a way for generations to connect also. Absolutely. Um, you know, Jesse and I grew up together in Marshfield and reconnected <laughs> here for this position, like just on LinkedIn. And it, like, we're both lucky that our families are supportive of our careers, yeah. uh, but not everyone's family is. And we're, there's still some of that to overcome, but. Yeah, it's, it's definitely changed a lot in, like, the last 10 years, and it's creating a lot of awesome opportunity. We're getting to, you know, put our experience and leadership skills kind of to the test, which is fun for us, and I think it's going pretty well. I think so. <laughs> it's also nice to, um, you know, begin working with other, other people um, who are just starting out and, like, seeing them kind of grow in their positions and maybe... Um, move on to another company and then but seeing them succeed and that's always something that is really valuable to me. I know we keep talking about breweries and the restaurant world but I could make a family tree right of how all of Worcester's biggest restaurants and restaurant groups came to be and they all kind of learn from each other and I have to imagine in cannabis you'll be very proud someday when one of your young employees now starts to share their own business yeah and you'll say like that's that's the uh, the kind run effect. Yeah. I think for that's you know creating opportunities for other people is something that Jesse and I both bond over, and uh, I think it's one awesome thing about women leaders who are good at what they do is they're very supportive and not protective of like we're not protective of our power. We there's plenty of work to do. <laughs> like we need your help and your good ideas. So I think that's the type of environment that we're able. You know, it's very important. To be. Well, thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank you. And I yeah, can't wait to really see fun. you chart all the uncharted territory, you know? Yes, we will be keeping an eye. <laughs> Kindrun.com. <laughs> Kindrun. And on Instagram, you guys are at Kindrun. We're at shopkindrun on Insta. And we are delivering to 16 towns and cities. And we'll be adding Shrewsbury tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Heads up. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. So, yeah. And Worcester is fair game, right? Worcester is fair game. Excellent.
Well, I have been Sarah. I've been Molly. And this is Poppin'. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Really